0: Hey folks, welcome into Pro Football Ireland. As we get even closer to training camp, which sounds weird almost saying that we're almost there. Uh, We're continuing to look at sort of the last few months in the league and what we have coming ahead on Pro Football Ireland. And delighted not just to be joined by Mark Hogan, but also to be joined from NFL Network, from NFL Media, Cynthia Freeland. Cynthia, uh, it's good to see you again. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, thank you. Great to see you. Happy off-season when you were saying that, I'm like, oh, you know, on like four Mondays, we will be on the eve of training camps and four Mondays. That's it, as we say here.
0: It's, uh, it's as we say in Ireland, it's scary biscuits. It really, really is. And um, it, it's, it's going to be great fun. Obviously, it's a huge season. We've got Vegas coming up at the end of it as well, which is going to be really, really good fun. Um, how have you found the off season? Because for me, Cynthia, it seems like we were in Phoenix uh, 20 minutes ago, which is scary.
1: Yes. We were in Phoenix 20 minutes ago. The draft was five minutes ago. And now there's still some big names out there. I mean, I feel like this is the first, you know, obviously in America, the 4th of July is like a big, you know, mile marker. And I feel like, you know, it's kind of when the entire league takes off at least for one week. And, you know, as we round near the 4th of July, this is kind of the first time that I can remember that we have like someone with a name like DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, Dalvin Cook and even Ezekiel Elliott, like, all this many big names still unsure of what we're gonna see from them or where or how or when or any of it. So I feel like we're getting even more uncertain this year than 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 at least I can remember.
2: So funny you say that, Cynthia, because the last few years, whether for better or worse, like last year it was Deshaun Watson was obviously dominated the off season. Um whether it was Brady's retirement was in there the year before we actually had Aaron Rodgers and a bit more Deshaun Watson. Before that was COVID. This year I think we all, especially if you're covering the league, you know, these last few months, it actually has seemed way more quiet. Maybe this is what we were used to before but I don't even know. Um, even to say, like you're saying, like DeAndre Hopkins, it's not a massive trade that gets through. He just gets released and we talk about it for a few days and then he just sits there and sits there and sits there. What has been the biggest, what is this off-season storyline and hopefully we won't get into an Aaron Rodgers talk straight off the back. But that's what it's going to be remembered for, right?
1: I think so. I mean, part of it is you're seeing sort of like the confluence of a couple of things happening. And there's like a bubble that happened in college. And now we're starting to see that kind of ripple out in into the league. Meaning we had, you know, obviously COVID made things weird from, you know, recruiting was very different for colleges. And then therefore draft, the draft was different and what we knew about players. And then Nil, which meant players stay in the lead in in the college ranks longer because now they can receive payment for their appearances. And then you also, at the same time, you know, you have the transfer portal happens in college too. now. So these guys, if they're not happy where they're playing, they're they they can go somewhere else pretty easily. So when you're looking at all those different things happening, that's the supply from which we draw our players. And now you're starting to see that come out. And then, you know, when I'm thinking about it, like, we, this is the first class in about three where wide receivers haven't been, the the depth of wide receivers in the draft class hasn't been anywhere near what it had been in the previous two seasons. So you're starting to see like a lot of these things play themselves out a little bit. So we're kind of like, you know, popping some bubble. And I think that's part of it. But I also think that, look, like the, cap, the, the salary cap went up, they went up 8%. But if you're looking at quarterback salaries, they're going up faster than 8%. So you're actually not getting this huge explosion in terms of being able to pay everyone. So it's it's kind of all of these things all at once. It was a little more than 8%, but, you know, 8, 8 point something percent was it.
0: it it's funny because like you're, you're talking about numbers and one of the biggest things in the season content filler, Cynthia, seems to be the strength of schedule. Everyone talks about it even before the schedule comes out. How much do you play into that? Or is it just like, look, it's the content at the time? Because for me, like now it's like, no, I can't. Because when that, you know, when that first game happens, like that's it, yeah?
1: Well, look, some of it does matter. Like, for example, you know, the Arizona Cardinals. Like, Kyler Murray is not going to start the season. How many games are we going to wait until we have Kyler Murray play? That actually makes things, that could make, that could have some ramifications when it comes to things like the order of the NFC West, right? So there are some things, but to me, those are like that's whenever you have an injury, that's going to if you have an injury week one or even injury week 16, it's going to come into play in terms of how that nets out. You always want your your full squad, all 53 of your strongest players on the field. doesn't ever work out like that. But I, I do think there's some things about the schedule, like, you know, having really back to back, like a lot of travel or back to back really hard teams or even back to back a different type of quarterback if you go from like a Lamar Jackson one week to a Patrick Mahomes the next like is very hard on your defense so you know there are some things but I I do think like maybe we make a little bit too much I mean maybe we make just a smidge too much about it but at the end of the day you know there there are some things that do matter and that fourth place schedule now now that we've added the 17th game remember your fourth place schedule now gets you another fourth place person from a different division. It doesn't, it's not um as, as equal as it might seem. So that means a team like the Falcons who finished in the fourth place schedule, despite the NFC being almost a wash, like, like the, the difference between first and fourth was like not very much. Right. So they now get an extra fourth place team in the next season. But again, once we've seen all this different movement, does fourth place even matter anymore? Cause wouldn't you say the jets are completely different than they were last season. And that's a play like, now you're like great, thanks. I I get to play the third place game, awesome. You know, like good for me. So you know, yes and no, right? It, it just it's it's good to know that you can buy your tickets, you can plan your trips, and you know, <laughs> and figure out your whole life around the football season, of course, because that's what everyone does, right?
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, it's especially over here. You don't know how exciting it is when that schedule comes out to be able to dream about where you're off to in the wintertime when it's cold over here and you're and a, and a Cardinals fan over there, but um. One of the places I will put a bit of stock when it comes to, I suppose, the over-unders with the teams is there is this lovely window of nine-and-a-half win teams that I think are very well done by Vegas, I suppose, and it includes names like the Jets, the Dolphins, the Cowboys, the Chargers. And you can see it going either way because, you know, when you're talking about strength of schedule and, say, in the AFC East division with the Jets and Dolphins, but uh, you are from Michigan, so I'll cue a different team in here. The Detroit Lions are sitting around there. Their free agency... Was amazing. I loved what they did with the defensive back units. Then they come in with the draft, and because of lack of value or perceived value, they were given a knock. Even though they got starters galore and the likes of Jamar Gibbs and that. You are from Michigan, so that's why I wanted to ask you: Are they going to be able to back it up, or I mean, it, it looks like they got better on paper.
1: I mean, I haven't been alive for them to win a playoff game, and I've they've made it to the playoffs, but never as the division like winner. So. I, I don't know, maybe it's my fault for being alive that they just won't like make it there. But, you know, if you're a Lions fan and you truly know anything about being a Lions fan, you're self-loathing. Like Jalen I was I, I saw Jalen Rose the other day and we were both talking about it and he's like, you know, they're gonna find a way to mess us up and I'm like, that is what my heart says. But my math, my math says that they will win the division. But my heart is like, Oh God, like somebody wake me up and that's over. Like I I can we just not watch like it's so Something, something weird's gonna happen. I mean, I hope that they manage to pull it off because if there were a season to do it, getting that guy Rogers out of the division is probably the best season to to do it in. So, I mean, uh, I hope so, but not. I, I will. I would never. If I work for the NFL, we're not allowed to bet. But if I were allowed to bet, I no, I would. I could never make that bet just because my heart. If you were a Lions fan, you know you get your heart ripped out. It's just the way it works
2: if you're a Mayo fan Michael you know I'm going to bring it up already over here we have our Gaelic Games Cynthia and the Mayo is the team that this year it's going to be their year for the 100th year well, it's got well
0: this is going to go out next week. this podcast is going to go out 4th July week and they could be
2: out Mark who oh, knows it's got t- it. T- t- maybe, just put the antics in there but you know what Yeah, you're so, you're so right with the NFC North because it is so competitive and the other team I suppose The Chicago Bears, to me, I think, have gotten a lot better this year. We don't know what to get out of Justin Fields. I am certainly a believer. But last year, and I only stumbled across this earlier on doing something completely random, they had the weakest passing game last year since 2011 when there was obviously fewer games. Cole Komet was our leading receiver. He was ranked 71st in the league. You added the likes of Adijay Moore to that team you have Dante Foreman in the running back, all this kind of stuff, and Justin Fields won't have to do as much. I like them on paper. Do you think that we could see a jump out of them, or is it going to take another couple of years?
1: I think we'll see a jump out of them. I I mean, obviously, where they were picking last year, where they were slated to pick last year, means they're not so great, but they did a nice job this offseason, for sure. I really like Justin Fields. It's hard... When your O-line lets you down, it's really hard to be good no matter who you are. And with that passing game, they need a, a, a lot of help. I love the addition. However, it's going to be hard for me in this season with their, you know, I like their secondary. I don't love it. I don't know what's going on with their pass rush. Don't love that either. And when you don't have like the strongest secondary, you don't have the strongest pass rush, your defense becomes a little bit more of a liability. So I'm just a little, I'm confused what, to, what I'm going to see. I do. I think they take a big jump for sure, a big jump, but I'm not sure if it's going to be like an NFC North winning leap. I think it's going to be more of like a, a night, like they could double the number of wins they had last season and still not win the division. So, you know, it's, that's it, that's going to be an interesting one, but you did talk about the chargers right in the middle of that, the pack with the nine and a half wins forecast. And on paper, see, they're another one where I feel like my math and my heart get conflicted because they're on paper. They're so good. And they have the most important thing, which is the quarterback. They've got a great one. And yet somehow it doesn't seem to work out. Like something weird seems to happen with them every single year. And I think the West, I think the Raiders are in a bit of a rebuild. And I don't know if I think that the Broncos are going to surprise that many people. I think that they're going to be a lot better, but I don't think that they're there there's even with Sean Payton, who's a masterful coach. I don't, I gotta, I'm, I'm, I'm confused about Russell Wilson and once I see that, so the Chargers could be in great position. It seems like this is going to be a team that takes a really nice step into the postseason. But for whatever reason, they just—I maybe again, maybe it's my fault. I live in Southern California now, like maybe this, it could be my fault. Who knows? Jinxing them. <laughs> Although I, the Rams won the Super Bowl and I lived here, so I don't know. It, you know, it's hard to—it's hard to say.
2: <laughs> yeah, give yourself a break. Come on. <laughs> so you know, it's—it's it's so funny that you came in with the Chargers there because. I'm high on the Chargers, but I had to rework the question after a couple of weeks ago. I put it to Mina Kimes, who would you rather be a fan of over the next maybe five years, the LA Chargers or the Chicago Bears? And Mina was saying how, well, it's you have to go with the quarterback with Justin Herbert. But I'm kind of with you that like, and we had Tom Telesco on recently, and I was praising the strength of the roster, but for whatever reason, they haven't been able to get over the hump. I think I would side with being a Chicago Bears fan. Would you go for LA Chargers or Chicago Bears?
1: Well, okay, so I'm a little biased because the oh, I yeah, am. I'm a little biased because the, well, the GM of the of the of the Bears is I went to college with him, so mm. and
2: done a really oh, I, I thought it was going to be that you're a Detroit Lions fan as a younger no, person. No, no, and you couldn't just chop over a <laughs> No,
1: no, 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 no. I'm I'm just you know I I think Ryan Poles has done a really masterful job, but I you know I I think that Justin Herbert's a better quarterback than Justin Fields overall, but I do think. As far as who's going to have more wins and who I'd rather be a fan of over the next five seasons, I would probably pick the Bears because it feels like over the next few years, you're going to be able to get better pass rushers in in free agency and with the draft than you are to be able to rely on, you know, a quarterback. And again, the, the Chargers are confusing. Great team, great colors, great quarterback, lots of really good pieces. Love Derwin James. No idea. But like, how do they not win more? I, I don't know. It's, I don't know, something crazy. I,
0: I thought you weren't like I have to side with Mark, I thought you were going to mention the lions there as like the bias, but also I thought I thought, I've, I thought you were going to mention the fact that you know where you work is literally 400 meters from the field where the Chargers play as well. So that was going to be the different thing. But yeah, it's mad how close it is when you're actually standing there. It's ridiculous. Um, everyone's been talking about Aaron Rodgers all off season, and that like look. To be fair, even for us when we're trying to get content out, then I can imagine when you're on TV, it's a whole different ball game. Obviously but it seems like, I just imagine it now, Cynthia, it's September the 10th. It's two or three o'clock hard time and NFL game day is on for the first time in the season. And something tells me that Jordan Love going up against the Bears is going to be one of the biggest stories of the day. Is Jordan Love going to make it in Green Bay? That's a million dollar question.
1: I think if we knew the answer to that, I think think even if, you know, the coach, I think if Matt LaFleur even knew the answer to that, then it would be easier. I don't even, like, as good, bad, we don't even really know. I haven't heard a lot coming out of there. I, in fact, I've heard a lot, but a lot of conflicting things, right? I haven't heard a lot that I believe, let's put it that way, coming out of the Packers camp. We'll have to see what happens. Training camp will give us a better estimation of what we're, we're going to be seeing. But I haven't heard a lot that I believe, and I don't think we have a good answer. You know, I, I just don't, no one knows. And it's not, like, and it's not the same way no one knew about Aaron Rodgers when he was coming out. Like when we talk about Jordan Love, he didn't. You know, it was so different. College was so different when Aaron Rodgers was playing. Remember when you sit when you're when you play at Berkeley and then you sit back in those days and Aaron Rodgers and I are the same age, so I can say this. Back in our day, um, you know, when you sit for the amount of time, this style of play wasn't so dramatically different. Well, now Jordan Love played in a system that's quite different than the one I would imagine they're going to be trying to execute in Green Bay. So not only have you sat, but you're also sitting and then expected to learn something different. So I don't know. Like, that, this one's a, a big wild card for me because there just aren't a lot of colleges that play an NFL-style offense just to begin with. And then I haven't seen what happens when they sit this long. And I don't know if Aaron Rod. it doesn't seem like Aaron Rodgers was like mentoring Jordan Love in the same way that some, you know, you saw Alex Smith, Alex Smith really helped Patrick Mahomes out. Like, you know, and and by the way, he only sat for a, a season minus one game. He did play one game in his rookie year. So, you know, and Andy Reid is a prolific coach. I'm not ready to call a LaFleur. It's nothing against LaFleur, nothing at all, but I, he's not prolific. Andy Reid was already a proven prolific coach when Patrick Mahomes sat for 15 games. So not the same thing. We don't we don't know. Like if anyone knows you should be playing the lottery, not, you know, pontificating about football. You know, go go do something where you make real money.
0: (laughs) Talking about money, uh, I feel like this is the big one. Like the NFC West is so intriguing because it's like, will the Seahawks take the next jump? Will they fall back a bit because everyone's now had six or seven months to work out genotape? Your predictions has the Rams, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are predicting the Rams are going to win 6.9 average games, or right? So seven games, Niners 10.9, 11 games, Seahawks nine. Um, how close do you think the Niners, are sorry, how close do you think the Seahawks could take the Niners? Do you think it could be close, or could this be a situation like last year where a team just storms ahead? And I want to apologize to Cardinals fans for not mentioning their team also there.
1: The Cardinals fans, no, They're, they don't. They know what's up. Um, but here, here's what it is. I actually think, so in the States, not that I know this because I know nothing about betting, no idea. There's a bet about who wins the NFC West. And the odds for that are way more favorable for the Seahawks, meaning you get a better return on investment. If I knew anything about gambling, which I don't because I work for the NFL, that would be the way I would go. I wouldn't, the, to me, the Niners have the best defense, no doubt, no, not even close. And- The Niners have the best offensive weapons. Absolutely, no one's doubting me, right? Like this, have I said any lies yet? Nope. Like top to bottom, they're the best. But the question mark is who, when, and how is the quarterback going to play? In fact, just today, I was reading about Brock Purdy traveling down to Florida. So a week ago, when this airs, to you know, to throw in Jacksonville, and that sounds good. But like, what does that even mean? Like, why why is that news? Like, is there some magic? you know, fix your body thing in Jacksonville that doesn't exist in California. Like no one knows. So, you know, when when we do those win totals um, in May, when the schedule comes out, they will change a lot because the estimations I make there are the best that we have at the time. And the best that we have at the time is that Brock Purdy will be okay. So if I were looking right now, though, and again, I just was, you know, I'm talking about returns on investment. I love what the Seahawks have done. I think the Seahawks will, they're, they're going to be in a really interesting spot because they've changed their strategy in a really smart way, meaning they started to throw the football more now that they figured out with Geno how to do that. And by the way, people figured Geno out last year. Remember the beginning of the year last season, he started off with those deep passes, had the most deep touchdown passes. Like he had so many through week 10 that nobody caught him by the end of the season with deep touchdown passes. But, you know, he started to slow with them and then they figured something else out. And Well, now they they add Jackson Smith and Jigba, and now you've got this like, triple threat situation where Smith and Jigba didn't really play last season in Ohio State. But if you look at the one prior where he played with Garrett Wilson and he played with Chris Olave, he had the biggest production numbers. And it's not to say he's the best one. It's to say they figured out how that trifecta of receivers worked, which means I would imagine that Shane Waldron, the offensive coordinator, can also figure that out up there in Seattle.
2: As the resident Cardinals fan, I will step in while we're doing this seeming NFC West preview all of a sudden. And I will jump back to a former player that we have mentioned at the top of the show with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And I suppose he's obviously gone from the Cardinals now. We know that as we record, he's sitting around in a free agency. When you're doing your models, I know that quarterbacks cannot have an influence. Like, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a six-win quarterback kind of. Can you assign that number to DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, what's what's essentially sitting out there on the street right now for a team?
1: Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is a very valuable player in part because his ability in tight windows, so what drives, so let's use for context, like a really good wide receiver can give you like 1.75, like the top end, one Devontae Adams, like these guys, like 1.75, 1.5 wins. It is not as much as a quarterback. We all know this, but it is still a lot. He's right up there in that top echelon. And the thing that really drives that value, one, his ability to come down and win contested catches. Those 50-50 balls, they go his way more often than not. Number two, his ability on the perimeter. If you look at him next to the sideline, like he somehow like they'll be like four inches. He'll pull the ball in and like manage to be at the hash somehow. Who knows? Right. Is and he's had not good quarterbacks throwing to him until Kyler, right? Kyler's probably the best quarterback that has thrown to him. And I'm not convinced Kyler's like a prolific thrower. But before that, I don't think, I'm I'm not the biggest Deshaun Watson arm fan. Like he's got arm talent, but his scrambling and hit, he's more elusive than he is a pure arm talent is what I believe about him. And then I look at DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, I, we're not going to talk about what happened before that, right? So great. We have the ability to win those. And you have the ability for his body in space to just absolutely crush other corners, meaning the top corner will be assigned to him, and that will leave someone else open, so that now you have a ton more space for the other receiver. So he's really, really impactful. Put him in a place like it is interesting with the Bill O'Brien remat return, like with the the Pats, like those rumors. That would actually be very helpful. I don't know if like if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, I don't really want to go to the AFC East because like that's like a like oof, like very hard. Like you're playing. Three of the best other teams in the entire league. Like, why would you want to go there? Like, if I'm him, I'm calling up Detroit. Like, not even kidding, right? I'm calling up. (laughs) I'm calling up like one of those places where I can win because I like dubs, right? Like, I'm calling the Falcons. Um, y'all need a receiver down there? Great. Like, let me go to the NFC. But again, it's not always about wins, right? It's about like where you're happy. But you know, just for the sake of the sake of argument, like he's gonna win fewer games if he's a Patriot than if he goes. To somewhere else
2: in the NFC, yeah. Note to self, Michael. I'm gonna have to stop asking these questions about the Howard that's heartbreaking as a Cardinals fan to listen back to what we're missing out on once more.
0: It's it's mad, like, isn't it? It's just it, it's just this the conversations that we always have, Mark. It always revolves around this and comes to this as well as a good crack. Uh, Cynthia, I sort of just the final one before I know, I know Mark's gonna ask you for a bull prediction in a second, but uh, just just the final one for me a lot of stuff going on with Buffalo. Um, just over the last few weeks and months and, and I know a few months ago you were talking about the AFCs could be a nightmare division but could the Bills, just with everything that's going on there, the, the small things to keep niggling away, could they undo the good work that has been done over the last few years, do you think, this season?
1: So is it th- that's interesting because I mean look, you have a top quarterback, you've got a top receiver, you've got a pass rush, you've got all of the discrete pieces. I think last year, you know, if, if you look at the end of their season last year, they truly were exhausted, right? Like they there were too many injuries. They just got, you know, the the number, and that happens to teams, right? Like if you saw that, that game week one against the Rams, holy smokes, there was no one that was going to be able to beat that team. Unfortunately, just so many injuries. Now they doubled down and they changed some strategies in terms of their O-line. They added a guard. They added, you know, obviously a tight end in the draft. They got a whole bunch, of, they, they got their safeties back, which is ginormous for them, the way that they play. And no more Leslie Frazier means the defense is going to look a little different, but likely be similar. Um, I, You know, they could. I think that the fact that we're seeing these cracks right now is actually an opportunity for them. Um, You know, remember, the cracks usually happen like mid-season, and then we hear about it, and it's like, oh, yeah, like, this person was like having a fit on the sideline week seven, you know, and you're like, what happened? So the fact that the cracks are happening now or like whatever, I don't even know if it's really a crack or not, right? Like Stefan Diggs being allegedly unhappy, who knows? Who knows, right? But the truth is, is will whatever happens coming out of training camp, like that's going to set the stage. for. Because remember last year, they also had like a bunch of devastation in training camp. You know, they had um, Dox and Nos- Knox's brother passed the whole thing with the kicker. Like, there are just so many things that happened. Like, that team had so many things happen last season that were really, really hard. And now I think that these, like, what feels like smaller things have a chance to actually bind them back together. So, of course, they can undo it. It's very easy. Like, that chemistry is, like, so, so, so delicate. Just in any lo- – that's in any locker room. But – it's always more fun to win, and they have the schedule that in the beginning feels like they don't have too, too many of those like, crazy hard games right in the beginning. I mean, like what Bengals, Chiefs, like so they're later in the season; they're not right off the top. So you know, it's like you have a little bit of try to try to see. It. We'll see. I mean, I I wish I knew the answer to that. I'll be there for preseason, so I'll see it up close and personal. But I think that they'll get it together. I I, I really do.
2: Well, that's our social piece right there, so we don't even need to go with this, but I suppose we're so uh, used to your face and predictions during the season, I suppose it's that time of year. Are you sitting on anything that um, you think would uh, be interesting that you want to put put out there on the record?
1: Yeah, I think, I think we're going to be surprised with the AFC North. Like, I think the Steelers are going to, I think the Steelers are going to sneak some more wins than people think. It's a much better team than what Vegas would have, you believe. Um, I think that, you know, look like I think everyone and their brother is going to pick some version of like a rematch of last year's Super Bowl or, you know, it's hard to see the Eagles not doing really well in the NFC, which is crazy. But I think we see, I think we see some, some weirdness this year meeting, you know, that AFC is so tough. And while I believe that, you know, the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, they, I think that they're to me very, very good odds of making it to the playoffs, but you know, when it comes to the NFC, I think we could see some some surprises. I think whatever happens in the South could be a surprise. Like, I think the Falcons could surprise and make it to the playoffs just based on their schedule. It's wild, their schedule. Week one, they get Carolina, right? So who knows? And they're the one, like, they're going with Desmond Ritter. So like, we all, we, all, we don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. But I think, you know, like I said, I think the Seahawks could surprise. I think that, you know the the NFC is a lot more up for grabs than I think people think. Even though the Eagles are definitely on paper the best team,
0: Cynthia, I, it's it's gonna fly in over the next few weeks and months. And obviously, we we want to wish you luck not only in Buffalo preseason but during the season as well. If you're in London, if you're in Frankfurt, say hello. I hopefully, we'll see you in Vegas. And if people want to follow Cynthia on both Twitter and Instagram, we'll put the links in the bio below. And Cynthia, thank you so much for your time. See you soon. Speak to you soon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hope to see you in Vegas and. Have fun and pick a good, I love your, I didn't even actually, know, like I was, I like the Steelers even without seeing your terrible towel. So there you go. <laughs>
2: there like, we go. With, uh,
1: hints here, it's a here, clearly, because I put down the Cardinals. I apologize.
2: Well, do well, <laughs> you know what we have? If you like that, imagine this. Ooh. Oh, have you, have you heard about the Irish connection with the Steelers from this year on? They've made a green, terrible towel. I don't know if I've shown it. The, I, what? What yeah, Ireland only. So you have to come over to, all the way here to get them. Isn't that that's the best? very cool. Isn't that- that the best? We were very lucky to unfortunate to get them but uh, the Steelers of course have um, a link to Ireland now so they came over and they've made a special terrible tale. so if you think the, green, the yellow one's cool hopefully we'll see some more green ones around the place.
1: Perfect. I didn't know they had special terrible tails for that so that's super fun.
2: We will uh, persuade Mark to send one
0: to <laughs> Cluckstone Drive in the post. It'll be a chat to you soon. Thanks so much.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.